This is a shock podcast. Hi, this is the I'm Not Crazy, I'm in Therapy podcast. I'm your host Fairy from Sitting in the Nude and I'm not crazy. I'm in therapy. Trigger warning for those who are listening, there are brief mentions of self-harm, substance abuse and suicide in this particular episode. However, mentions are not in detail. resident therapist Dr. Chua from Relate Malaysia and I've got Kianu Azman here today from HIT. Yay! Yay! Thanks guys for joining. Well, Dr. Chua here as usual, but <laughs> Thanks so, for having no, me. No, no. <laughs> not, like, not thank you to Dr. Chua, but thank, <laughs> thank you to yeah. Kianu Azman. Yeah, Public you, figure. Yeah, you got to be here. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Dr. Chua stop googling me. It says Kianu Azman public figure. Public so, figure. So we are very wow. honored today to have a public figure. Thank you for having me, you both. Yeah, so what are we going to be talking about today, Kianu? What did you send in? Oh my god. Um not many might know this, but I have recently been diagnosed with OCD. Mhm. More mm-hmm. specifically intrusive thoughts OCD. Right. Yes. Yeah, so you wanted to know what are my five crazy worst ways to handle OCD, right? Yeah. The five crazy worst ways to handle OCD sent in by Kianu Azman. So, number 1. Public figure. <laughs> Public <Gosh>. figure. <laughs> Believe your intrusive thoughts. Mm, why did you write that? I wrote that because back in 2019, that was when I first had symptoms of intrusive thoughts, but I didn't know it at the time. So the first intrusive thought, or should I say unrealistic thought that I had was I thought my best friend of like 12 years hated me and was drifting apart from me. Whereas there was no solid evidence that supports that because she was calling me, she was FaceTiming me, she was WhatsApping me like normal. But I felt this awkward vibe where I was like, "No, no, this is too good to be true." I feel mm. like, I feel like she's just calling me because like I don't know, maybe she she feels sorry for me that I just broke up, something like that. You know, you I don't remember. It. I didn't believe it. Mm. You know, and the reason for that is because like few weeks before that, we had a tiny argument on WhatsApp. Best friends, Doctor Chua. We all have fights every once in a while, yeah. small or big. It's normal, right? <laughs> But for some reason that time it was different and this probably could have resulted from my friendship fallout a few years before that my breakup the year before that so i guess it's somewhat like trauma mm. i felt like oh any tiny thing that i've offended you anything might result in us crashing yeah. you know you might hate me for good yeah. so i believed in that for the longest time up till one day uh, when i was in sabah house on a family holiday i already felt agitated i already felt like so stressed and depressed and just uneasy and at the back of my mind it was always about my best friend i just felt like oh my god you know when i go back to kl after this from kk i will not see her anymore like you know i don't even have my best friend anymore is it's am i the problem and i remember i couldn't sleep that night in a beautiful hotel room like that you know my mom was snoring at the side my brother was snoring at the side i was sweating profusely it was it was an air conditioned hotel room obviously sweating my heart was beating so fast for the first time and all sorts of thoughts just came in like oh my god like you know i think i'm depressed i think i need medication it just came it just came oh. like flashing in it was so traumatizing very it was so traumatizing and ever since that i developed like anxiety like like sleep anxiety i couldn't sleep for days after that i was so scared of sleeping because that was so traumatizing you, so you think like came out of nowhere i mean it definitely it was a pile up of the thoughts about my best friend right for weeks you know but i thought mm. you know what i'll just like The, ala, I don't need to The more I don't think about it It will go away lah It just kept going there I, I have a question Did you even bring it up To the best friend Is that why it was stuck Okay okay I see I couldn't You know why Because I learned From my previous experience You know people say Honesty is the best policy But with my ex And my ex best friend I had a fallout before that right 
I told them like, is there something going on between us? And they said no. Ended up, memang we broke up. Like they were lying about it. So I think I had that trauma of like, if I actually confront you oh, about it. Oh, understand. I understand. Yeah, I, I can understand. I, can I was so scared. <laughs> so, you could really. Okay, well, I was you're so not scared. Sure how to. Mm. So I was like, you know what? Let's just like push it aside. Maybe you know, maybe um, it will go away naturally. But it didn't. The thoughts were constantly there, and then. After that, I realized even though I was depressed and anxious, but she kept calling me. She came to my house. She's a family friend and everything. That was when I realized there's something wrong somewhere. Why am I thinking this way about mm. her when there's nothing wrong? Yeah, you know yeah. we would go out. Hey, let's go out for dinner tonight. And I'm like, she hates me. Why is that, Doctor Chua? Can you verify, like, <laughs> validate my <laughs> my thoughts back then? <laughs> I can validate as a lot of anxiety. You know, there's a. It's. I don't know that it was um, OCD at that point. Yeah. But it's rumination. Like rumination is we think about cows eating. You know, cows have m- multiple stomachs. They eat, they chew it, they swallow it, they regurgitate it, they chew on it more. You yeah. know? And so this just, you're just ruminating about a problem, but yeah. not actually solving it. Yeah. Right. right. It just, just piles up over mm. and over and over again. Yeah. It didn't sound like you did anything about it, is it? Mm. But did, did, did it? Did it make you want to do something to try to get rid of the thought? Yes. Ah. Yeah. I, like, I think... I told myself, you know what? Ignore the thoughts. So I was just, I overcompensated that by like asking her out more as well. Like, you know what? Maybe I should just like act as if nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. let's go out. You know, here's, even though like, you know, anxious as heck when I called her. But I was like, ignore it. You know, the more I fake it, I'll make it. <laughs> you know, so I was like, mm-hmm. let's go out. Yo, yes. But when I was with her, I felt awkward. And I felt like, oh my God, like, you know, I can't even, she's the one best friend that I could send photos to like ugly selfies. But this, I couldn't. You know, it feels weird, mm-hmm. you know. But what I did to like counter that was like, just go against it. Let's go against the waves, you know. Mm-hmm. But it didn't help anything. No, it made no, me worse. No. Right. Ignoring anxiety always does that. You know, it always makes it worse. So never avoid it. Huh? Never avoid it. <laughs> well, easier said than done, right? Easier anxiety done. is... Uh, people are scared about fear. Yeah. Right? So fear itself is scary. So people tend to avoid it. Yeah. So I think the first instinct is very normal, mm-hmm. right? Let's just not think about it. And your past experiences had taught you don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, although I guess in the fantasy world was that if you didn't talk about it, then maybe the breakup wouldn't have happened. Is yes, that right? yes. 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 So you thought that that might have been the case. So you said mm-hmm. if I just don't think about it, then bad things won't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But the more you try not to think about it, the more you thought about it. Yeah. It's the white bear effect. You know, the more we say, okay, don't white think bear about, effect. Yeah. Don't think about the white bear. <laughs> Ah, okay, right. um, Mr. Kim Rasman, <laughs> uh, don't think about the white bear. Okay, yeah. are you, are, you're not thinking about a white bear, right? No. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> no. not thinking about a white bear at all. Oh, God, love it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the more you tell yourself not don't. to think about something, obviously it signals to yourself that thing is dangerous. Ah. And then the more likely actually you are going to think about it because you keep reminding yourself. Yeah. Not to think about it. Right. right? So, like how parents tell kids, like, don't do this, but they'll end up doing it anyway. That's, yeah, just a reactiveness against rebellion against parents. <laughs> <laughs> Psychology. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, so it's, it's, it's very common, but I think it's the first thing that most of us think about yeah. or try to do to yeah. control anxiety is we, we try to suppress it, but it doesn't work. I didn't know that before going to therapy. Yeah. So to link back to the crazy worst way, which is believe your intrusive thoughts, then what would be a way to help not believe hmm. the intrusive thoughts, to dissipate the intrusive thoughts? Is that the word? Dissipate? Dissipate? <laughs> Address? <laughs> Address? Um, well, the intrusive thought or the... So let's, let's be a bit technical here. Yeah. 
Uh, so intrusive thought, um, we're going to define obsessions okay. in, in the context of uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. So recurrent persistent thoughts experience as intrusive, unwanted, and causes a lot of anxiety. Yeah. You tend to ignore, suppress uh, these thoughts and neutralize them with some other thought or, or action. These, thing, these thoughts lead you to do something. So right. the, sometimes you read on the popular media of obsession only OCD, there's no such thing, right? Because all your, all your anxiety leads you to do something, right? That's a compulsion of thought. Right, there's okay. always a compulsion because you don't like the anxiety. So you're always going to do something right. even though you may not realize what you're doing, yeah. right? But in your case, you know, you realize that actually you're trying harder and harder and harder. Yeah. Or you're telling yourself, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. At the end of the day, you don't know what you're doing as well or right. you don't know what you should do. Right, so, so the best way is actually to face it, right? and talk about it so you can talk about it with your therapist cognitive behavioral therapy would maybe look at the the thought itself and any evidence for and against but it sounds like you recognize that it was not very rational right right you knew that she was still your friend yeah. and all the evidence pointed out to that and then i guess the question was then addressing the second fear which if I talk to her, something bad would happen. Yeah. Because that was the barrier yeah. to actually bringing it up with her. Yeah. Right. So I would then go that route. I like that. I like that. It's very structured. I need that as well. <laughs> so you're saying that to face the fear, but what if he's still not comfortable to face that fear? Then just. It gives you so much anxiety. <laughs> yeah. To do that. Well, you... a feeling is just a feeling, right? Yeah. So the thing is, the feeling is signaling something, right? The anxiety at this point is disproportionate to the actual reality. Yeah. Mm. The actual reality is she's calling me. Uh, she's talking to me. She comes over to my house. She hangs out with me. She yeah. seems to like me. But I think, oh my gosh, she is. She hates me. Yeah. And she's not going to be my friend anymore. Yeah. And then I guess after you go through all the cognitions and you do all your CBT and you realize <laughs> I can't get rid of it. Yeah. You might then say, well, maybe I'm crazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I felt, no, but I really did yeah, feel that. Yeah, you do feel crazy. But then I think you can wonder, like, what is going on? Yeah. Right? Why am I so afraid about losing this friendship? Yes. So obviously, this friendship yes. really matters to you. Yes. It did. Right? It does. Not did. Sorry, sorry. And Not did. Oh, we're still best friends. <laughs> right. This friendship seemed to really matter to you. And it came, if I got your chronology of your narrative correct, yeah. it was after the breakup and some other negative uh, interpersonal stuff yes. so this friendship may have become even more important yeah right so you it felt like the most secure one right, so when all those things happened to me right. i was like this best friend is my safety net no right. matter what so important and perhaps too important mm. because then it became so mm. scary to lose her yeah. too risky right? to lose her yeah, yeah. so th th it seems to be I mean, I think that we often think our feelings are irrational, but there's a really logical sequence to it. Yeah. yeah. Right? You know, that point of time where people had left your life and then this one person became more and more important because she was the only one left. Yeah. And then it became, I'm so afraid that what happened to other people are going to happen to her. Yeah. Right? And so you just kept thinking and worrying. The and same worrying cycle and might happen again. It. Yeah. And too scared to talk to her about it and address some of those fears. But can I ask Dr. Chua something, Ferry? Yeah, yeah. Because my intrusive thoughts, okay, I just want to ask you, is this considered intrusive thought? Because that was just the first. 
after that, it was a series of similar anxiety, but about different things. For example, in my career, because I'm a host, I'm a radio announcer. I love my job. You know, like I love hosting. That's my passion. Everyone knows that. But on days where suddenly, let's say I fumble, I'm hosting an event. I said fumble is a word, which honestly, even the guests wouldn't even realize it, you know. But I beat myself up so much to the extent where like, I'm not going to be a host again. And it, it depresses me for days mm. up to weeks. So it starts off, this is my intrusive thought cycle. It starts with an incident. For example, I'm hosting, I forgot a line and then the producer tells me like, hey, you forgot something. But how they're like, it's okay, you just can just take it back for the next block, for example. But I'm like, I should have said it. So I'd be so angry at myself and that thought would be lingering in my mind for days. Okay. After, let's say, two or three days, day four, the thought goes away, but the anxiety stays. So I lose sleep. I'm still just generally unhappy. I don't know why. It just results into that. And then it leads into like depressive days where I just sometimes can't, can't even get out of bed. I'd force myself, you know, I don't want to eat and everything. And then it dies down. Until the next incident comes, which could be something else. Could be like I once had an anxiety that I I had a, I scolded my brother about his homework, and then I was like, oh my god, I shouldn't have done that. I think he hates me now. I'm not a good brother. Same thing also. Don't know why. Can I ask? Yeah. The tra- what What do you mean by the thought goes away, but the anxiety stays? The thought is gone. Like how is the thought gone? It's gone. Like for example, okay, like I said about about the hosting, right? So the next few days, I'm like, oh, I'm a terrible host. Oh my god, oh my god. And then when I go to work, I'm like, you know what? This is just not meant for me. Something like that. Okay. The next oh. day four, I feel like you know what? I'm semangat to do work already, but I'm just generally unhappy. Mm. My heart is not at ease. My I mind see. is everywhere. <laughs> Doctor Chua looked at me like, what is this? I also don't know. I've never heard of this before. <laughs> human, no. inhuman. What is this? Can I don't understand. the name of my podcast. No. <laughs> Um, well, it, it does sound actually like depression and anxiety, you know, but it also sounds like you have very high expectations of yourself. In every aspect. Right, yeah, that you, you're not allowing yourself to make any mistakes. <sighs> I'm human, Kenu, what's wrong with yeah. you? So it's, it's you know, it's, a, it's human and, you know, on a, I think in, in normal times, let's say if like you were in a happy, uh, you said, let's say your romantic relationship went yeah. well, your career went well, and then you had, maybe you scolded your brother maybe too harshly. You yeah. would have been able to deal with that, yeah. right? But when we're stressed and big life events happen, right? The breakup, it's a big life event. It's very negative. Yeah. And then all these little things start piling up. So we, we find it harder and harder to cope. So it's just, it was a lot on you and, and it kind of fed into itself, right? On another time and, you know, five years later, five years before, you oh wouldn't have been the same, right? But at that point in time, it was the perfect storm. So I guess don't believe your intrusive thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it's telling, well, I would say don't ignore it. Yeah. Um, just see this information. It's telling you something is mm, happening. It's giving right? you something. What is it telling us though? Well, like, don't scold you, your brother again. That one, no. It told you that you really care about your brother and you didn't want him to feel bad. Yeah. I wish life would teach me that without making me depressed <laughs> in a week, you know. Like, true, <laughs> right? true. It sucks. I agree. <laughs> I don't think life can teach you that. Because yeah. unless these things, someone, I think when you're in that pit, yeah, it's hard to see and you really need some external healthier voices to remind you about you know what actually is yes you know? and you didn't have that because you were so scared and it felt really alone and you, yes yeah okay <laughs> thanks for sharing that whole story Keanu because that's really helpful and I can relate to that as well especially wow. the anxiety factor where you're anxious about something but you still feel it in your body yeah. and that's very tiring for me 
we can link to the second one which you wrote which is feel ashamed to be on medication that is another crazy worst way to handle ocd and yeah like this whole you feel something and it's i, I guess based on what you explain it's difficult for you it still lingers on yeah and so medication like do share about that like why uh why did you get on medication and 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 do tell us more it was very beyond my control at one point you know um remember i told you guys about 2019 the incident i couldn't sleep for weeks and everything right i am someone who only cries watching movies okay no even breakups cannot make me cry i'm very difficult to shake like you know i get angry and sad but i don't cry easily but i was severely unhappy and miserable but for the most part i was scared after that uh, sabah incident where i couldn't sleep and i had the palpitation at night i came mm. back to kl I was just constantly anxious. I came to work and I was just unhappy like looking at everyone gave me like social anxiety which I never had. You know me very I'm very like ah! mm. but for once I was just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm. And I felt like I lost myself. That scared me a lot. I told my boss Priya um so I was like Priya um you studied psychology right so I told her about this that was going through and when I was telling her that I broke down. Oh for f- the first time in front of my boss and I was just like It was not just like a like tears coming out. I was like, I don't know what's happening to me. I was genuinely scared. I was mm. genuinely scared. I was crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. And then she was like, "You're burnt out." Everyone thought I was burnt out because I'm generally a workaholic. So they're like, "You're burnt out." So I was like, "Okay, maybe." I went to the studio. I talked to Kalista, another hit announcer. Again, I she said, "You don't look like yourself. Are you, are you lacking sleep?" I said, "I am lacking sleep. I can't sleep." I was crying. I was just like. On a, a crying roll, man. Every mm. day at home, the next day or so, I don't like to show my weakness in front of my mum. But that one time, I just went in front of my mum and said, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I'm not okay." <laughs> I broke down again. Yeah. And then I thought that you know what? Maybe I need to let the water works out so that maybe it could help me. Maybe you know, some people say if you cry, it's a relief and all that, right? Yeah. I still could not sleep. I even took cough syrup. This is, don't do this at home, okay, people? But I took cough syrup to force myself to sleep. I woke up after two hours. That was when I realized even chemicals was not strong enough to put me to sleep. <laughs> And then fast forward a few days, I had like, cause I could, you know, okay, Doctor Chua, I don't know if this is a thing, but I had like this insomnia-ish where I couldn't sleep, but my eyes were shut for hours. Okay, I was dreaming, but yeah. I could hear the cars outside. I could hear my fan. It was like my body was asleep, but my mind wasn't. Is that the right term? I'm not really sure. Is that a thing, Doctor Chua? I don't know, but it is a thing for you. <laughs> so I think that's what all that matters, right? Yeah. So it you was, just weren't rested, right? You kind of just half in, half out, right? It drove me crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then one day, I had thoughts of like harming myself. It was so scary because the visual was real. So I was like, "This is worrying." Mm-hmm. My mom took me to acupuncture. <laughs> She oh. said, "Maybe that can calm you down, make you sleep." No, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. I took this supplement called ashwagandha. Have you heard of ashwagandha? Mm. It's a, it's a Indian herbal. Um, Sounds powerful. Did not work for <laughs> me at all. Had zero power <laughs> over me. And I spent like thousands of ringgit and spent up a month just trying to fix it. Nothing worked. Ooh. That was when I was like, I need to meet a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. So my mom said, okay, she found one. She brought me there. I told him everything, Good. because at that point, people kept telling me like, you know what, give it time or meet a therapist. But only you would know your body, and I knew that it was beyond beyond what I could manage. Frankly speaking, this was the biggest. Ever like this episode would in you my say? life? That the first one, okay. Yeah, especially the fear part because like I'm like, what am I feeling? And mm. it was so bad that like, you know, going out of the house, I'd feel so anxious and like scared and depressed. Being at home, when I felt like I just wanted to, I just didn't want to exist. If only I could just sleep and wake up the next day and feel okay. Like mm. selagi, I'm not okay. I don't want to wake up. That was what I felt. Yeah. But I value life enough to not do anything stupid. Thankfully, 
But I'm afraid it could lead to that. So I went to seek a doctor. Mm. The doctor gave me medication. He gave me Xanax. At first. He said this is to calm me down. It didn't work at all for me. It did calm my anxiety, but it didn't stop the depression and the thoughts, you know. Mm-hmm. So I gave it some time. Then I met him again. And then he said, okay, maybe you have general depression and anxiety because you still can go to work. You're still on social media and everything. So it's not like you just cannot get out of bed at all. So he said, maybe it's just a general mild depression and anxiety. Okay, so I was on a, a medication called Aspren or Acetylopram. Uh, I believe that's a term for about a year. It worked wonders on me. It worked wonders on me. It made me. Of course, it's not a happy pill. Do you listening right now? Right, medication is not a happy pill. It's not supposed to make you. Oh my god! I mean, automatically happy. It's not. It's just supposed to stabilize your thoughts and your emotions if you need it. And at that point, I believe I definitely needed it because it made me feel like a normal person. I did feel stressed out over inconveniences in life, but. Not to the extent where it would depress me, so I thought, you know what, this is good. I stayed on it up till last year. And of last year, I was uh, I had like a trigger, you know, another trigger that came that suddenly depressed me all over again. It felt like I went back to square one, doctor. Mm-hmm. Back to square one. Mm-hmm. It was an insecurity issue. Mm-hmm. So now I'm on a different medication, which is called Prozac, right. and it has been working well for right. me as well. Well, that's the problem with uh, treatment that's only medication. Right. right? It's not actually. Teaching you skills is not actually helping you process, you know, life events. It's, as you said, it's insecurity. It didn't actually help you deal with the insecurity about losing people. Yeah. So medication targets the symptoms. Right. Often, you know, for mild anxiety, talk therapy, like cognitive behavior therapy, is mm-hmm. recommended. For moderate to severe, it's actually a combination. So okay. rarely do you should you only do medication. Only okay. You do medication and therapy. I heard yeah. that works best, and it I'm on that best. now. Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the research has just consistently showed that it works best. But right. unfortunately, yeah. too many people are only on medication. I think, really, it's quite wow. It's like a fast track for it them. It is fast, mm. but and not on, sustainable. I believe. Not, yes. Yeah, but it's also that. You know, either there's no access to therapists or they're scared to see a therapist. You know, like, why do I want to talk if I could just take this pill and feel better? But relapse is actually higher on um, when you come off medication than when you end therapy. Right. Right. So for your lifelong well-being. Yeah. Yeah. You need both. (laughs) You need both or at least therapy. Yeah. But doctor, if let's say I'm on medication now and I feel like I'm doing therapy as well, right? But with the medication, I do feel like my thoughts are much better. So if there are situations that put me in an anxious state again, I've I've had those episodes too, but it's very, it's less because I can rationalize more. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is not, this is actually kind of overthinking it. So I know how to journal more and all that. And I, I realized, you know what? That was just an intrusive thought and it goes away. So would you say that that means Stick to it. Well, stick, yeah. right. stick to it for now. Yeah. Right. And when you start to feel better and you feel like, then you often would go to your psychiatrist, yeah. taper off the medication slowly. Don't not end cold it on turkey. Your own, and don't end <laughs> it on your own, even if you oh, don't yeah. like it. Uh, I think a lot of people do that. They don't want to go back to the doctor. So they just. Even if you don't it. like it, taking it off just like that cannot. No, you oh. shouldn't. You shouldn't just end it. And you, so you taper it off slowly because these are active ingredients, right? So right. your body would respond to you just cold turkey or ending it on your own. And mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen if you just end it straight away i see so then taper it off and then you would slowly feel better even with a lower dose of medication then you slowly feel better and maintaining your better mood and less anxiety without medication i see so that's the that's sort of the optimal Mm. okay i I didn't i wasn't aware that i I do know that some people taper off but 
are there some people that never taper off ever? Is it something mm. that they continue to take? Sure, like with some more chronic um, illnesses, let's say with, if you have schizophrenia, ah, right? If you have a chronic mood disorder, you could be lifelong on medication. Okay, and okay. there's nothing wrong with it, as you said. Yeah. You know, actually, some for some people, it makes therapy easier and more effective, I right? See. Because if you're so down and you kind of get out of mm. bed and you kind of think clearly, exactly, therapy yeah. is not going to be that effective. So the combination, I think, it works really for helpful. me. Because right. I used to go therapy as well last time before meds. I did not take it well at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, nonsense. No offense, doctor. Just no back offense. then, I was like, <laughs> you like, didn't say that about me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it wasn't the, even the doctor. It was the the therapy. I was like, I'm malas. I was like, you know, malas. Like, what's yeah. the point I'm talking? But now. I'm more smart to do it because I feel like sometimes there are some some uh, coping mechanisms that you never thought of before. And then yeah. therapist is saying like, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Medication <laughs> will not teach me that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so the, you know, so people for some people medication really help them make the most of therapy. I see. So yeah, yeah. I like, like how it's really really highlighted that both of them, like therapy and medication, is important too. Yeah, they play a part be- both ways. Yeah. So. Um, back to what you said, which is feel ashamed to be on medication. Was that so? Did you ever feel ashamed? And like, what would you say to everyone at home that you don't have to feel ashamed? You know that, but there are also people that choose not to take medication. For example, yeah. Like, what do you What do you feel about that? I feel like if you know that you need medication, sometimes we just know it. You know, we feel like we are we cannot we we need to outsource. Is it because we can't do it on our own? Mm. Think about it this way If someone has a heart disease They need medication for that as well Someone who has uh, diabetes They need to take their insulin shot anyway You know It's nothing to be ashamed of It's just that Because mental health conditions It's also a disease technically It's also a sickness But people don't really see that Because because they literally don't visually see it It's something that we feel mm. But it's not visual Yeah so it took me some time as well But my doctor and my therapist kept telling me that You know what, if you have a headache You're going to take paracetamol It is the same thing as well You know, so don't be ashamed And now I could just go to the pharmacy If I want, if I need my my replenishment And I'm like, yes, and I have a Prozac dulu I used to be ashamed of the doctor Like, ni ubat yang uh, Ubat yang uh, tak tidur eh Yang depressed eh And I'm like uh-huh. Now I'm just like, yeah, kenapa? <laughs> What's your point? Nice. I'm like, you nak satu <laughs> You know, I feel like I need it And it's been helping me Yeah So don't be ashamed But yeah. I was more scared at first actually, Ferry Because mm. I was scared of the, the dependency Because we hear all about this Like, yes. don't start That's something which I'm also Because I'm also thinking about Whether I should try ADHD medication I've always not wanted to Because yeah. I have tried it before and Oh, I you've tried it? Yeah, and I didn't really like it right. So then I just make sure I do like therapy in general and so far I'm, the strategies are good for me I'm yeah. doing well with that but there are some moments where I'm just like oh but not lah. like I'm tired <laughs> I I'm tired for this of this whole week of focusing so hard yeah. that I really want to let loose then yeah. I get really impulsive sometimes on, oh uh, and then God. it's like impulsive like oh like don't want to think about anything just no structure yeah. and then that kind of throws me off so sometimes I th- feel what would it be like if I were to try medication <laughs> for longer term but again yeah longer like, term that is the key yeah to not feel ashamed about it as well yeah. I don't feel ashamed I just feel do I really need it um, basically what you said like um, what if the effects wear off yeah. what if um, do I have to taper it off eventually yeah. or what like what is the whole process I don't know all this information so that's why it's great that I'm <laughs> learning more right now yeah yeah hmm. but if I could say anything about medication it's that Antidepressants or like if you research more, um, some of them are called SSRIs, right? Um, what serotonin? Selective serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitor. Inhibitor. 
So um, this medication, it takes time for it to work. Kan? It's not like Panadol, you pop it in and then the next few hours it works. You know, people always think that, huh, I took it since yesterday. Uh, yes, two days already. How come it hasn't worked yet? The, the, the sucky part about taking like antidepressants or like anti-anxiety medication, it can take up to like four to six weeks. So for some people, even more than that. For me, it took a long time. And longer to find the right medication for you. You're right. right yeah. You're so right. Like for me, aspirin worked for so long, suddenly it stopped working. No, I'm mm. on another medication. Mm. So I'm like, please let this be the last mm. one. I'm tired, Dr. Chua. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really admire your resilience, you know, not to give up, but to keep saying, look, I deserve to feel better. I want yes. to feel better yeah. and to keep going for it. 100%. I feel mm. like, I always tell people, but I know it's easier said than done. But for me, I value life. I love my family. I love my job. There's so many things to be grateful for. But unfortunately, I have some sort of mental health issues. So I don't want it to bring me down. Like because of this, my dreams and all that shattered. To me, that's, I'm being selfish to myself if I don't do anything about it. Because I owe myself a good life. Yeah. That's what I always tell yeah. myself, you know. Love that. Thanks, Keanu. <laughs> Let's move on to number three, okay. which is you said never keep track or never journal your thought patterns. I like this one. Yeah. yeah. Does that help you a lot? Or did you like how did you transition into journaling and all this sort of stuff? Did your therapist advise you to do this? Oh, yes. Multiple times. And I resented it so many times too <laughs> at the start. I was like, sure, I'll do that. Like your homework today, journal. Okay. I went back. No, thank you. <laughs> I regretted that so much. Oh. Little did I know that journaling can really help compartmentalize your thoughts and really know your pattern. I like journaling too. Oh, yeah. you really? You do? Because I have anxious thoughts, right? So it does yeah. help to kind of just blurt it out on paper, yeah, right? Because if not, it's all tangled in our minds. Mm, so that, yes. I believe, especially if you have intrusive thoughts like me or like anxious thoughts like you, Ferry, we don't know what's real and what's not. And whatever that comes, we're just like, ah, oh, whatever lah. Yeah. Or like, oh, what to do? It depresses me today, what to do? But the thing is, we don't put it, th- when we don't put it down on paper, we don't write it down. We don't, we don't see the rationale behind it, you know? Mm. So, like I told you guys, I had an anxious thought about my best friend, and then about my brother, and then about my job, you know? And, and I didn't realize that the pattern was the same in which like, thought, anxiety, depression for like yeah. one whole week and then okay and then another trigger might come same cycle just with different triggers I only realised that once I started journaling I was alone at home that time my mom was in Paris for two weeks and then the thoughts all came about some other stuff as well I felt so alone I took a journal I was like okay this date because I put it on my notes in my phone doctor so I was like okay June 2019 oh I thought about this oh my god it lasted for a few days and then I saw okay in 2020 I thought about this and then I was like there is something similar here which is that cycle nice nice you saw the pattern yeah the pattern how do you break a cycle if you don't even know the cycle you know So I saw like, oh my God, it's the same. Whatever the trigger was, the feeling was so similar. Anxiety, like crazy. If it was a friendship, I felt like, oh, that's over. The friendship is over. If it was about my job, oh my God, I'm never good enough. I shouldn't pursue this anymore. If it was about anything, you know, it's similar. Thought, anxiety, depression. And then, okay. It's so tiring to go through that, you know, because Mm. even though it's only a week, but I think, Ferry, you would know, a week felt like a year. One day felt like a freaking month when you're going through that. You know, you're looking at the time. It's only 9 a.m.? And I'm already feeling like this. Like, I just want to go to bed, man. I just want the next day to come. Mm. So journaling helped me figure out my pattern so much more. Can I ask, um, journaling, do you just write your thoughts and feelings or is it in a structured way? How do you do it? Ooh, uh... I journal. I'm so know. excited. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very exciting question. <laughs> exciting question. I love How this. How do I do it? 
how do I do this? Because I have 895 notes in here. So I to go you should do it the way that um, you can keep up with it. Yeah, you know? I agree. Okay. Yeah. Like, do whatever suits you. But there's mm. a couple of key components there, right? Your mood, yeah. the event, how you... So mood, and, event, yeah. and thought. The, I did know? mine like that. Like, it's like, for example, trigger, and then day one, two, three, four, five. Like, so like, what what did I feel? Or what was my thought? Yeah. Ooh, yes. you put the trigger at I the top. At Ooh, the top. I like that. So, I want to try yeah. that. <laughs> if you can, yeah, you find a way to keep you going, then you stick with that. You know, yeah. if I give you a form and you're not going to do it, then don't do that. <laughs> what works for you? Yeah, what works for you, but there are just some some key information you want to put in there, right? Right. The trigger situation, your mood, right, your thoughts. Right. I, for me, if I could share, I try... Now, I, I try not to write too much because I know it will go on for a couple of pages. So, I try to write like my gratitude list and then if stuff is still bothering me, then I'll just like pen it down a little bit. Right. And then if I want to continue, it might continue for a little bit, but I try not to... What's the word? Ruminate too much on the paper as well. That's my practice, lah, I suppose. Right. It's a bit yeah, different. Very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, if it, if you're overloaded with information, you're never going to find a pattern. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you have to go back and read pages, you're like, ah, oh, no need. This is the thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You know, something brief but <laughs> concise, and it's just recorded down. Mm, you can go back to yeah. it. You can figure things out. Makes sense. Out. Yeah. This is one note that I found very brief. One. Okay. This is in on twenty sixth April twenty twenty. Okay. Um. Sudden. Okay. Accidentally arguing with people I'm super close with. Normally, feeling of guilt and wanting to turn back time to before that moment so I could take back what I said. Like I said, I could have offended them, right? And then sudden palpitations at night, which resulted in cannot sleep for a few nights. And then fear of being stuck in this constant cycle forever, which goes on for a few days. That I said the one. Mm. The thought might go away, but the anxiety of like, why am I still feeling like this? Goes on for a few days. And then next, uh, this one is extreme. Uh, back then, uh, sudden acid reflux, vomity feeling at night, also resulting in cannot sleep for a few nights. Then it's a fear of being stuck in this constant cycle again. And then it goes naturally. So now, yeah. Oh, it's interesting how you write it. It's like a doctor like assessing your thoughts, <laughs> like how you did it. Like, oh. I like that. I think the whole journaling portion is really, really important for you to kind of like track your thought patterns and that sharing that structure. Really, it's giving me something to think about. Even like that trigger at the at the start, yes. I like that. This kind of links again. I think you've linked it very well, Keanu. So number four, the create. Fourth crazy worst way you wrote find a way to control everything in your life. Mm, but though the more we control, the better everything will be. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we thought. Yeah. <laughs> so why did you write that? I think it's a misconception that we could control everything. Mm-hmm. Like we're always in the driver's seat of our own Yo. life. You know, sometimes we're in the passenger seat Who and what to that? do? <laughs> Myself. <laughs> This is kind of interesting that people want to, but then you're like, who taught you? Know, like, where did we learn that we? That's so we could, true. Right? Maybe it makes us feel safe that we can control everything. Mm. Yeah, it's like oh, that we built that illusion, right, mm. to give us a sense of safety. Deep, deep. I love it. <laughs> because back then, whenever I felt like depressed or had an anxiety episode or whatever, right, I would be like, no, I cannot feel this way. I cannot. I cannot. So I want to do something, which is compulsion, mm. I guess. Kind of like go shop or like go like take more jobs, you know, to distract myself and all that without even allowing myself to process what I was going through, you know. Then my boss kept telling me, Keanu, you have to understand you're only human. You cannot control everything. You know, if you can't sleep today, I know it sucks. I know it's terrible. But you have to just allow yourself to go through this. You know, take one day at a time. Not like immediately like, I cannot sleep. Oh my God, Uh, I have to go. I go to the doctor now. No, 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 no. Like give it a few days, for example. That made me realize that, you know what? If I'm having a terrible thought like, 
too much now of, or like, like it's too overwhelming right I, I will let it breathe for example like you know what the thoughts I want to be friends with I don't want to be enemies with the thoughts if I'm like get out of my head the mm. more is, you're just fighting it and it's just going to be there like your enemy is like get out get out they're just like I'm still going to be here you know so <laughs> I've learned to be like okay you have stopped by thanks for stopping by yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to tolerate you but I'm just going to allow you to be there you know and then we'll see how things goes after that and then I will see what I can do but not you cannot be like you know I'm push it away push it away yeah yeah I I tend to do that sometimes I get very frustrated yeah. and irritated with myself when the thought comes like oh god this again and, you, <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to yeah. go through this again like oh I don't want to think about that then I feel yeah. embarrassed or annoyed that I have those thoughts and then I'm like okay you're doing it again where you're being mean to yourself that you're having <laughs> these thoughts and yeah. then I would say okay you got to be nice and exactly what you just said you were kind of to yourself yeah. When you can't control these things, yeah, I can, I can definitely <laughs> relate to that. But as it's, well. it can be pretty hard, though, Doctor Chua. Like you know, sometimes you feel like, okay, okay, yeah. I don't want to think about it. But then your body doesn't feel good, like, especially when you're depressed. Like, oh my god, like, oh, I'm trying so hard not to think about it, but it's like making me miserable. How to not think about it when you're you're generally unhappy because of that one trigger? How mm. one up to? Why don't you want to think about it? Huh? Why don't you want to think about it's it? It's scary because I, I know it. what it could, what it could like you know result in later, like. What could it result in? Like, I, like, like initially for me was like a thought and then anxiety and then the depression. I don't want to go through that whole week of being, you know, depressed. Right. Mm. But it wasn't really the thought itself. It was you ruminating about the thought, right? But and, I didn't know I was doing that. Yeah, you know what I mean? But the thought itself didn't lead to that immediate bad thing happening. And yeah. I think that's the thing, right? We think, my gosh, one thought, bam. But it was, it's actually, it, it was a process, right? Yeah. That mm. one thought, not wanting to deal with it in one thought which kept it alive kind of freaking out that the thought was there which kept it alive not liking that thought which kept it alive and so we just kept, okay, we, uh, mind. We, you know we, we kind of kept it alive but it wasn't actually that one thought mm. so if you go back to that one thought it was just um, I shouldn't have been mean to my brother right Right. that itself nothing bad happened when you just yeah. thought that right? yeah. it was what we made it to be, how we reacted to it, why we didn't like thinking about that. Yeah. That made... Betrayal. Right. Thoughts. Do we yeah. even have any control over that? Depression. That part, yeah. Really? You don't how? have control over the first one. Right? The first <sighs> one just pops into your mind. Yeah, it yeah. came. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, true. I shouldn't be mean to my brother. The second one, maybe go like... Was I really mean to him? Oh, the reaction. Like, yes, okay, okay, we are okay, responding okay. to the thought, right? Mm, like, was I really mean to him? It. Then we check yeah. him. Are you hurt, bro? Ooh. Not hurt? Great. Rather, than just, <laughs> rather than just pushing it away, like, hey, stupid thought, stupid yeah, thought, stupid thought. Oh, yeah. I see it. You okay, know, that's a good point. Just like, oh, I have the thought. I, I guess I'm concerned about him. Yeah. Maybe I should check in on him, you know? Yeah. And I agree. So, but the thought itself is just a thought. Yeah. It's how we react to the thought that kind of can make us spiral, make us feel bad, yes. put us in a funk, yes. and we never climb up. I love that, Dr. Chaw, because yeah. that's so true. Exactly. That's why when I write and when I journal, I try not to keep going, keep going, keep going, because that's what I was doing for a while. And I was like, oh, God, this is very tiring now. <laughs> like, you keep reacting to each thing that you're writing. Yeah. yeah, that makes so much sense. So that means, let's say, if like I thought I offended my friend and I'm like, oh, my God, I think she hates me. It's going to be awkward for a while after this. What do I do? If I feel that way, do I talk to her? Like, I'm well, so what sorry. did you say? It's something so stupid back then, for example. <laughs> yeah. It was like, okay, she had a boyfriend then. 
And then she was online on WhatsApp. Normally, we would like chat at like, night and all that, right? But I think she was talking to her boyfriend because she didn't reply to me. She was online. So I was like, stop talking to your boyfriend talk to me. And then she was like, stop assuming. I wasn't even talking to him, okay? But hell, it's just like argument. So, but it was on text. On text. So you read it in As, a voice. Yeah. Right with that sassy voice. Ooh. Now, could you read it in a different voice? Don't assume. I wasn't even talking to him. Lah. Ah, that one sounds nicer, right? <laughs> How come it affected me for so yeah, long? Yeah, because because you read it and she was so angry in the mm. voice, you know, and you still remember it as an angry voice. Yeah. Because you immediately reenacted it as a really angry voice, right? Yeah. Not as like, hey, don't lie, don't assume lah. I'm not talking to him. <laughs> the, you know? the downside of technology. <laughs> right. So t- texting is the worst. Yeah. It, it's just open yes. to interpretation. Oh it feeds the anxiety. Yes. And what could you have done? You, you could have checked in and says, hey, you know what? Like, sorry lah, I was just joking. Okay. You okay. know, maybe something like that. But mm. but also you can look at it and you can, you don't, maybe you don't want to get into a habit of always seeking that reassurance. Mm. Maybe you have to yes. then trust that she's not actually annoyed, okay, okay. right? She actually does like you. Gotta keep telling ourselves that. Huh? Well. <laughs> based on the evidence. <laughs> based on the evidence. But I think the key is to... Um, I wouldn't say it's a key. (laughs) It's not the key. But an important thing is, I think we cannot believe that we could be lovable at our worst. Right. And you could not believe Meaning? that you could you you could not believe that if you hurt someone so badly she could still care ah, for you. Ah, right. Right. But that's actually it. Right. Mm. So imagine if like what if the worst was actually true and the person still said, But I really do care about you. You said, No, how yeah. can you? So I think one of the things is like, it's not just about seeking reassurance or going through the thoughts. It's just, could we actually come to terms with that we could be loved even mm. at our worst? Yeah. Wow. And, and because that links completely really well to what you said, Keanu, which is like you want to control everything in your life, but you can't control other people. And can you accept that you can't control how someone feels about you? Yeah. yeah. And someone could genuinely love you. Yeah. yeah, like your mom, you know, I think you you, yes. you seem to be very close to your mom. So I'm very close. But your mom, despite what what you have done, and despite the bad times, and despite argument, you fundamentally believe that she loves you. Mm. But why only mom? Maybe other people in the world could also feel that way about you. Yeah. Right. And to yeah. to allow ourselves that possibility to be open to Aww. that, to embrace that. Yeah. So Beautiful. sweet. Thank you, Tatra. Yeah. All right. We have the very last fifth crazy mm. worst way to handle OCD. Just avoid your anxiety or your OCD trick. Do you want to say anxiety or OCD triggers? Which one do you want to uh, say? Both, I guess. I don't know. Anxiety. Anxiety, is it? Okay. Yeah. So you saying so you said just avoid your anxiety or OCD triggers. What what do you mean by that? Okay, just like what Dr. Chua said just now. Like let's say I thought I offended my friend and I'm like, alamak. Oh, I, I scolded my brother. Alamak, right? I used to do that a lot. Like, just avoided it. Like, no lah. This is, ah, yeah. I'm just overthinking lah. You know, I'm just overthinking. Because there's, actually, there's a big difference between just overthinking and like being anxious about something. I used to think they were the same thing, you know. But overthinking is something like, you're just worrying, but it doesn't really affect you. But anxiety, we both know, fairy, that anxiety can be really detrimental. Mm. So, I used to just <laughs> like, you know, sweep it under the carpet. But now, I feel like, no. You're feeling this way for a reason. Why? And that's why it will link back to the other stuff like journaling and talking to yourself and talking to the person that triggered it, you know. Because if you just avoid it, then it might just, it will pile up in you Mm. and might become something else, which is, which 
could be irreparable one day. So I did not want that to happen to me. To me, selagi I can solve it or or find a solution, find it. You know, because you know your body more than anyone else. People could just say like, ah, yeah, you're just overthinking. Oh, like, it's just a bad day, lah. But you know your body, tau. Like I know what a bad day feels like, and I know what a depressive episode or an anxiety episode yes, feels like. Yes, you know better now. We know, mm-hmm. yeah. After all these years of going through it, we know. Yeah. You know, so if we avoid it, even though we know that this is so foreign, like I don't know this feeling, then I think you know that's not something that we should do. We should really. Go to the bottom of it, lah. Well, you can't mm. learn otherwise, right? Yeah. So I think a lot, a lot of people with with anxiety because you're right, it feels so bad. We just start avoiding the triggers. We say, well, let me not talk to this person. Let me <laughs> got, not go to this place. Mm-mm. Let me not see that thing. That I, and and <laughs> the thing is, our world becomes so small yeah. because the more we avoid, the more things we're scared of. Uh, the greater our fear grows, yeah. and then our world is just shrinking. Right? So you will not, we will not forget about it, lah. We, we think that oh, the more I don't no. see this person after this anxiety, the next I see, it, maybe I'll forget that. <laughs> because you don't learn that there's it. nothing to be scared of. I see, right? Because you know, in order for us to learn that, that's why I asked you, you know, but what was so scary about the thought, right? It, in order for us to learn mm. that that thought itself. I can manage it. I can deal with it. I can grow from it. We we have to experience it, mm. right? The only way to heal is to go through it. Yeah. The only way out of it is through it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not so just detour. accepting, accepting the thought and accepting you that you that? don't like it, accepting mm. that you're scared, accepting that. Um, is not actually dangerous, mm. right? So, like, if I do exposure response prevention therapy, which is a very long name, yeah. but specific <laughs> to people with OCD or just exposure therapy, yeah. Um, and you said, you know what? I'm really afraid of touching uh, doorknobs. Mm. Right? I could get scared from touching doorknobs. Now I could clean it once, and you said no, but I'm still scared of touching the yeah. doorknob. Right now, what's the likelihood you actually get ill? Very low. Very low. But then the person with anxiety would say, "But still got chance." Oh. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, <laughs> I don't have that kind of. <laughs> I, I, I think I think yeah. like that right? sometimes. So you yeah, think, <gasps> like, but it's so low. Uh, yeah, but the cost for that such. Let's put a number. Let's say the risk is one percent. Mm. For that one percent possibility, how much has it affected your life? A hundred percent, right? They they it's disproportionate to how bad it's making your life. So in order for you to confront that one percent possibility, it's reasonable risk. Right. You can go through it. You need to touch it and realize nothing bad would happen. Right. Right. But can <laughs> I guarantee you that nothing would happen? No. I'm yeah. not saying it's zero risk. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'm not arguing with you. I'm saying it's one percent risk. Yeah. But your life has been affected in such a way it's not great. Most people only come to me when their life is not great. A lot of people avoid me, but you know they only come to me when it's it's not tolerable. Right. When yeah. they have to not only clean once, they clean it multiple times, ten times, and they've been done a certain way. If yeah. Something goes wrong they have to repeat it again then they have to clean their own hands and it it ends up taking 30 minutes one hour and they can never leave right you know until <clears throat> everything is cleaned so in that case look at the impact of one percent it's controlled your life so much and wouldn't it be nice if you could just open the door and get out of the studio or, or go go out without having to think about it and be controlled by that one percent possibility so i just want to understand so how i'm curious <laughs> so many things in one second um so for the people that you do this, what, what was the, te- the, the exposure ther- exposure, exposure therapy. therapy? Yeah. So then, how do you teach them to touch that doorknob like just once or twice or something like that? How so does they that need work? to be willing to face the fear, right? So 
the thing is, it's not actually the doorknob. It's the fear. Right. Yes. The, you know, it's, it's, it could be anything. It could be the table. It could be your hair. The object itself is not as important as you were trying to avoid the feeling. Mm. That uncomfortable, scary feeling. Oh, okay. Right. The it, trigger could be anything. Yeah. Then. The like trigger if could it's not be the doorknob. Anything. It really didn't. Right. It doesn't actually matter. And yeah. so getting saying, I'm not going to run away from the feeling. Yeah. Mm. Not from the doorknob per yes. se. I'm right. going to face the feeling. I'm going to sit with the uncomfortable feeling. And once you get your head wrapped around that, Understand. you think, okay, I know the doorknob mm. brings about that feeling. I'm right. going to test myself, let myself feel it, mm-hmm. get used I agree. to it, and leave yeah. the, leave the, true, yeah, true, leave true. the room. True, true, true. It's like stage fright. The more you you still have it, but you practice and practice, and you're familiar exactly. with the feeling. Yeah. True, true, true. Cool. Learning so much today. Yeah. <laughs> Build me after this. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Public figure, uh, higher cost. La. <laughs> On that note, I think that was a great episode. Thank you so much, Keanu. Thank Asman, you so much for having Chua. me. Oh my God. This is like normally therapy is only 45 minutes, only one hour, you know, one hour. <laughs> Bonus, 15 minutes or more with Dr. Yeah. Chua. Thank you for all your insights, Dr. Chua. I learned so much today. Seriously, yeah. it's so refreshing. Is it? <laughs> refreshing? It is. Why refreshing? Because there's so many things that I never knew or never thought about. This oh. is the thing about therapy. Because mm. it's like stuff that actually, obviously you should do this, but you never really, because we all need like a, like a boost, you know, like we always need reminders of like, you should be doing this. Uh-huh. Sometimes we know this at the back of our minds, but when we don't get reminded of these things, we don't really do it. Yeah. So when therapy helps me in that way, like, to be honest, you know. Thank you for listening to the I'm Not Crazy, I'm In Therapy podcast. Do follow at Sitting In The Nude for my community platform where we talk about all things vulnerable and do follow Dr. Chua's organization at Relate Malaysia for your mental health care. <laughs>